Welcome to Lifestyle Solopreneur, the community for entrepreneurs who put lifestyle first. Join your host, Flavia Barris, as she interviews successful lifestyle solopreneurs and shares ideas to help you find the perfect balance between lifestyle, business, and self. Flavia is an attorney, marketing expert, and founder of several online academies. She's been featured in major media, including BBC World News, The Wall Street Journal, the New York Post, ESPN Television, and more. Join us for this episode of Lifestyle Solopreneur. Hey, Lifestyle Solopreneurs. Today, we get to speak with John Ensley. He left a high-stress corporate sales career to launch a virtual financial planning practice in 2012. He and his wife now also run real estate and sailing school consulting businesses, chasing the sun between the Pacific Northwest in summer and La Paz, Mexico in winter. Welcome to the show, John. Thank you, Flavia. So excited to be here. So excited to have you. And I just love this image of you um, and your family, your wife being on a sailboat. Is that what you do? Because you run a sailing school consulting business. So I'm assuming you also do quite a bit of sailing yourself. Is that how you get from the Pacific Northwest to La Paz? It actually is not how I get there. We get there by car. We drive down usually or by plane, but I am super passionate about sailing. It's one of the one of the great loves of my life. And uh, so I'm a certified sailing instructor. So I teach people to sail. And then uh, I also consult with sailing schools in that regard. So sailing on one hand and real estate on the other. One thing I love about entrepreneurship is that it allows us the flexibility to be multifaceted. And sometimes we can dabble and you know have successful businesses in things that don't really go together in most people's minds. But for you, you have both the real estate and also the sailing. How did you get there? You know, What was your journey to end up where you're split between those two sort of different worlds. And uh, tell us a little bit about what that looks like. Sure, absolutely. So it's really kind of three worlds because I have the financial planning practice um, that I that I operate virtually. And then the other big passion I have is sailing. And then the real estate uh, really comes from my wife's side. She has a background as a home builder. We have real estate down in La Paz, Mexico and here in Washington and that we uh, we do some rental activity with. And, and Amber kind of spearheads that part of it. And then we're, we're both involved in the sailing side more. And then, and then my primary thing is the financial planning practice. It's been quite a journey. And of course, it, it uh, is unfolding as we speak. It will continue to unfold for the rest of my life, I'm sure. Well, so financial planning is something that you know people who have a financial planner, of course, they know what that means, what it entails, what it is. But for anybody that hasn't ever hired a financial planner or just doesn't have a lot of knowledge about that world, um, you hear a term like financial planning, and it's sort of a question mark. Like, okay, what is this person? What is a consultant who's a financial planner supposed to do for you or help you do? And is it only for the extremely wealthy that would need a financial planner? So break it down for us. What is financial planning? Who is it for? And what does that really look like when you hire someone that's a financial planner to help you? Sure. So financial planning is, uh, I think it's different things for different people in different circumstances. What a financial planner really should do is, is help you get where you want to go as safely and as successfully as possible. I kind of joke sometimes that I, I kind of do this in both my roles, both sailing and financial planning. I help people get where they want to go 
safely. So I think a financial planner is is really about helping someone clarify their goals. And it really, it's kind of funny because it's not necessarily about money, but money is definitely tied to it in terms of where do you want to go in your life? What do you want? What do you want things to look like? What's the journey you want to take? And then it's about what financial tools are out there to get you there. And I think that's where a financial planner, so to speak, comes in is that they can help you clarify your goals and then really point you to the those tools that will most effectively and safely get you where you want to go. And that's where the expertise comes in on the financial planning side is that and unless someone is um, just very interested in financial subjects and studies it and, and gets very involved in it, which is not most people, they probably don't understand the different financial tools and how they all work together, kind of like a puzzle to fit together to achieve their goals down the road, whether that's uh, two years from now, five years from now, 30 years from now, whatever that case may be, there's a set of tools that go together that can get someone there. And one of the things that I find fascinating about it, and the reason I'm so passionate about it is every individual is different. Their journey is different. The combination of tools is going to be different to get someone where they want to go safely. Right. Because financial planning is not just about retirement because a lot of people are like, well, I don't really need a financial planner because I'm pretty young and retirement is like way far away on the horizon. So I, I'll hold off on that. But you know, it's also about buying your first home or shorter term goals like you want to save up money for maybe um, to start a business or to go on a vacation or a sabbatical maybe or you know, there's so many different things that definitely are earlier in life than retirement that financial planning would be a smart way to get to there, to reach your goals. And uh, I think it's always just good to have accountability also, and just someone to bounce ideas off of, and uh, just someone else to sort of share the load, that mental load of of adulting. You know? Right. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's like having a coach pretty much in anything, whether you're in sports or life coach or whatever the case, case may be, it's having that that third party there to kind of keep you focused and and so forth. I think it's a really good thing. And it's funny you mentioned that it's not just about retirement. I actually try to avoid the word retirement as much as possible. I replace that word with passive income because essentially that's that's what we're after. That's what retirement kind of is. It's taking whatever we've done in our life and the assets we've accumulated and turning that into a passive income. So being income focused, I think is is really key there. Yes. I also love the term financially independent because that's something that someone can shoot for at any age. Absolutely. It's a, a multifaceted equation that can have different, different answers for different people. So why is it that you gravitate between the Pacific Northwest in the summer and then La Paz in the winter? You know, do you consider yourself snowbirds? Like when was that first time that you thought to yourself, you know, we don't have to pick one place to be home. We can actually split our time between places that we love and then how did you settle on those two? You bet. So it was uh, quite a journey when I started my practice in 2012 leading up to there. And the, the 2008 financial crash had a big impact on me. A lot of things in my life uh, kind of went into chaos during that time frame, And it sort of started me on this journey of self-discovery, if you will. And I just consumed 
books, blogs, videos, just anything I could get my hands on to kind of try it and, and learn where things went wrong and, and how to get things going right and so forth. And the kind of the culmination of that part of my journey resulted in me starting this financial practice. And it was specifically started as a virtual practice. So basically, once I got started, I could work anywhere I wanted to be. And I love the Pacific Northwest. I, I grew up in, in Southern Oregon. I've been a, a Pacific Northwest native for my entire life. But the winters here can be a little wet. And so I was also at a point in my life um, where a little sunshine in the wintertime sounded good. So started researching different places uh, where where I would be able to um, make, keep my business going and you know things like connectivity and phone service and how far away was it and, and things like that. And so decided that in the winter months, I could very efficiently run my financial planning practice virtually from the southern tip of Baja there in Mexico and La Paz. But I looked at uh, a number of different places, Costa Rica, Panama, uh, Puerto Rico, a number of different options that were sort of in that that same vein and settled on La Paz for a number of different reasons. The sailing tie-in also connects there. I work with a sailing school there in La Paz. Uh, the sailing is fantastic in the La Paz area. Uh, so it, it kind of all culminated and came together for that location and, and for those reasons. Well, and sometimes we are either our best or our worst own clients for yourself. When you're trying to plan out your future, you have right now real estate, which can be passive. It can also be not very passive, really depending on what you do in real estate. You have a financial planning practice, which I assume is not passive. It's you, you know, you're the front of it, mm-hmm. the face of it. It's one-on-one or maybe one to, to a small group or counseling families. And then teaching sailing, that is definitely not something you can do on Zoom, probably, right. I'm assuming, you know, except you never know. I know someone who coaches golf virtually. And um, because there's a lot, you know, you can coach people virtually too. It's just a little bit maybe more difficult when it's like a sport or something that's very physical, like here's how you hold and you know, pull on this rope. That's hard to do and coach people remotely. But for you, when you look at your horizon and your future, do you anticipate that you're going to change sort of your mix of business or it's going to morph? Or do you? is this how you're going to have your business and kind of that diversification pie spread out into retirement someday? Well, that's a great question. I tend to look at my life as kind of this big laboratory. And I get to be both the mad scientist and the rat. So it's an unfolding process. I love what I do. So at the current moment, I don't see that changing a whole lot. I think there'll be other aspects of it that come into the plan over time. And I use the financial tools that I recommend to my clients myself to develop our plan. And our plan is developed based on the flexibility of being a solopreneur. Everything is built around making sure that we maintain the flexibility in our time to be where we want to be. Uh, right now, that's the Pacific Northwest in the in the spring and summer months and, and Mexico in the fall and winter months. But I think one of the things in life that's super important is to stay open, to stay open to possibilities. So while I'm, I'm uh, very much loving what I'm currently doing, I'm also open to what directions that may go in the future. We may focus more on real estate and less on sailing. The financial planning practice will always remain a central theme for me. It's something I'm super passionate about. That journey of self-discovery 
three I mentioned, I discovered a, a lot of tools and strategies and developed philosophies from all that learning. And I'm just, I, I love sharing that with people and helping them on their journey. So I know that will always be a central theme. So it's a lot of people's dream to work virtually. And there's a lot of careers that were traditionally not virtual, you know, even financial planning back in the day. Uh, was very much a face-to-face, okay, let's meet in my office, <laughs> fax it over to me, right? Like there's there's been a sort of morphing over time of all sorts of careers and, and paths. For financial planning, give us the lowdown on how is it possible to be that kind of consultant 100% virtually? What are the tools you use? What are the ways in which it's now possible to be a completely virtual consultant in something that used to be very face-to-face? Yes. When I got started back in 2012, I can't count how many times that uh, old industry veterans would, would suggest that I was going to fail trying to do this without having an office and, and meeting with people. The technology, just this amazing technology we have makes it possible and it's getting better and better all the time time. So obviously I use Zoom a lot, interact with clients on on Zoom as well as on phone calls and email is a big factor. We're communicating a lot through email. I think the biggest challenge is uh, particularly in the financial services industry is establishing some credibility and some rapport and some trust uh, with clients. And so I think it takes a little bit of extra effort on that end, as opposed to someone sitting down across a desk from you in your office, because you're you're somewhat distant from them, even though they can see you on Zoom. And so, you know, I, I think you just take a little extra effort to get to know people and maybe even get to know them a little better than you would in person because you have to put that extra effort in and and have some conversations and uh, get to know clients and let clients get to know you. I think it's you know super important to know who you're working with, especially when it comes to your, your money and your finances. So I put some extra effort into that. And other than that, the technology uh, really is is amazing. I can have exactly the same meeting really no matter where I'm at as long as I have a strong internet connection and and uh, and a cell phone signal. Amazing. No, technology has definitely opened up so many different ways to do business. That's without a doubt. And for you, the real estate component, I mean, I make no it's no secret that I'm biased towards real estate and that's because it's what I know. I am a mm-hmm. real estate broker, I do property management, we have a portfolio of our own rentals. I'm a real estate attorney. So I see it from like all these different angles. And um, and I love real estate. My dad was a developer. So it runs in my blood. So I love when guests come on and they do something that's completely different from real estate because I always feel like I learn all of these other complete like foreign things to me that are so fascinating to talk about. But then when I have a guest come on that's also a real estate lover and in that world, I get excited too, you know, like uh, bright eyed, bushy tailed because I'm like, okay, let's talk about real estate because it is my personal sort of favorite asset class. And uh, in a way, you know, I think everyone needs to diversify at least some way into real estate. And there's so many ways to do it indirectly. I mean, you can even invest in real estate funds of different kinds. You can I had a guest on who does note investing. So he actually buys mortgages essentially. He steps into the mm-hmm. shoes of lenders and uh, starts collecting mortgage payments. You know, it's more complicated than that, but that's simplifying it a little bit. And that so he's involved in real estate, but very different because he he's a lender. So there's so many different ways to do it. How has your family harnessed the power of real estate? And is it something that you tend to recommend for everybody? Or are there investors and, and different people for whom real estate is not a good idea? 
So the background that my wife has is as a home builder. So our foray into real estate has been through new construction and spec homes and, and things like that. The property we have down in La Paz is our experience with rentals, uh, vacation rentals down there. And then um, we're in the process of, of doing some building here in Washington right now. So it's kind of on the new construction side because that's Amber's expertise. That's her That's her world. I, have, I run into clients all the time who just flat out have no interest in being involved in real estate. So I would say real estate is probably not a good fit if you have no interest, right? Just like any other investment. If it's just an investment and there's no interest in it and nothing else behind it, I, don't, I think it's hard to be successful at, at just about anything. So as far as you mentioned, we've talked about technology already, but that's the other thing that comes into play is there's so many ways to get involved in a lot of different things, real estate certainly being one of them that only maybe a sliver of people knew about 25 years ago, but but now it's open to anyone really that's interested and and has the uh, the means and the skills to jump in. And the, just the availability of information is unbelievable. So what's your experience been like with the world of short-term vacation rentals? You know, that's... I do... I'm in that world. I have been for several years. I think it technology is also one of those things that's made it much more accessible to become a short-term vacation rental landlord or manager or owner. And uh, you're doing that in La Paz. I'm assuming that you rent it out when you're not there. Um, but tell us a little bit about how that came about and your experience with it and how it's going. Exactly. So we bought the place in La Paz specifically intending that it would be a vacation rental when we were not there. So the the six to seven months we're not down there, we do short-term vacation rentals. And it's been it's been good. We've been uh, you know very booked. We have very little vacancy, which is great. It's a mixed bag in terms of sometimes uh, short-term vacationers are um, not kind to the property. <laughs> so we've had some maintenance things and and so forth that we're dealing with. We we also have uh, a person in La Paz who's managing the property for us. So that's that's actually helpful having someone on the ground versus trying to do everything from a distance. So you know, it's been a mixed bag, mostly positive, I would say. Well, it sounds like, yeah, if you were to weigh the moments of, oh man, they broke the window <laughs> or whatever it is. And also when you kind of do the math on the amount of revenue that you can make, it seems a really nice way to buy a property that you can live at for part of the year yet having that property not be a drain on you when it's vacant the rest of the year. So for a lot of people who aim to be nomadic and want to be kind of that modern day uh, work from anywhere person, it's something to think about. And, and you would have to target a property that would make a good vacation rental, you know, not yes. just something that would be difficult or, and you would need, in my opinion, someone on the ground to supervise and oversee. I know some people who do short-term vacation rental work from afar they're like, all you need is a handyman, a handy person that you can call and a good cleaning service. And that's all you need. And I disagree with that because I think there's sort of an eyes on the ground supervisory element that would be missing in that case. I think when, once your cleaning crew goes through, you should have someone spot check. You should have someone there uh, to sort of serve just as a customer service liaison when needed and not just your handy person and cleaning vendors. You do need a manager of some kind, in my opinion. I could not agree more. We we would be so much more difficult to manage this from a distance without without the manager. Um, and of course, we have the other two as well. 
we we have the 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 handyman and we have the the cleaning service and so forth but without without the manager kind of overseeing that and someone to to interact face to face with a guest uh, when it's needed, uh, those kinds of things. I, I think it's it's critical to have a manager. So on this podcast, we also like to kind of dive into the world of quote unquote, how do we stay sane? You know, as entrepreneurs, there's this constant pull from all of our different, and a lot of entrepreneurs have different ventures, right? It's not just one single business; it's different um, things pulling at you in different directions. You have client needs, scheduling needs, trying to coordinate everything, and incoming emails and phone calls and voicemails and things that need to be addressed. How do you maintain work-life balance, uh, sanity, you know, time for yourself? What are, what's your secret? I think you, for me, I just am committed to, I, you know, I built this lifestyle on purpose and I'm continuing to build it on purpose and I stay committed to that and don't apologize for it. So you use the technology tools that are there to help with the the timepiece. You know, in my my calendar system where clients can self-schedule in my calendar and then I can control when I'm available and when I'm not with a few clicks of a button. Those kinds of things manage the schedule. Now, I don't answer my phone every time it rings, right? I have voicemail. I respond to voicemail very quickly. So I, I think there's some things you do in as a solopreneur and, and as a kind of a, a designed lifestyle that you do on purpose because that's the lifestyle you're trying to lead. So I guess what I'm saying is you really have to set boundaries and systems and processes in place so that you're you're very very efficient and you're focusing on what's important and one of the things that's important is time for yourself and time with your family and time to do the things you love and for you i imagine that's uh sailing quite often right uh yes when i when i was building all of this that was a central theme is i want to have the time to be out on boats well and that's great you know to have certain images or goals and to design your life around those goals to make them possible i think that's a fabulous way to do it you know at the top of the episode when i read your bio you know i mentioned that you left a high stress corporate sales career and there's a lot of people listening uh, this podcast has an audience composed of oh, so many different kinds of entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs, but there are people who are still stuck in that you know high stress corporate type job right now. Listening to this, maybe on their lunch break or on their commute home, um, what would you say to someone who feels very trapped um, with sort of those golden handcuffs? You know, they don't, they can't. They're scared to leave their job. It pays well. It has benefits but they aspire to do something much more self-directed, uh, much more creative. What would you say to them at this point in their life that they can take to heart? I think it's that you can design the life you want. The journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. So start planning it, right? What are the actions you can take today? And you can start planning it and moving in the right direction. For some people, their fear is they're just going to pull the cord and and jump without looking. And, and that's a very scary thing to do. You don't have to take the scary leap. You can build the plan, build the process, take the first step, then the second step and move your way there. I always talk about my big wake up call came after the 2008 crash, but it was it was a four year process to get to 2012 and exit the the corporate madhouse that I was in. So it's it's a process just get started. Figure out where you want to go and then put the steps in place to get there. The other thing I I talk with clients about as much as possible is don't build your life around an income source. Build the life you want and then develop income sources that support that life. I love that, especially that you 
sort of talk about coming up with a strategy first. A couple, few careers ago, this is before law school, before a lot of things. I was doing wedding planning. I was a wedding coordinator for several years. And I, living in San Diego, it's very much a wedding town. I mean, people even travel to San Diego to have weddings. And a wedding is this very complicated event. You know, there's a lot of moving parts, but the planning process for it is so critical and important. You know, there's a checklist and you just do it one step at a time. You have to go pick out your cake. You've got to go to the dress shop. You have to... And if you just systematically plan ahead on what all the pieces are that you need to do, and then you just go through them one at a time, you know, by the end of that checklist, you've got a beautiful wedding and it's all and all came together. And I think I love that you said that. So anyone that's right now in a cubicle or hopefully you at least have a work from home, you know, in your corporate job, but if you're feeling frustrated and trapped, just plan, envision that end goal, and then look at every little step that would have to take place to get there. And it may feel daunting because there's lots of little check boxes and line items, but, and then you can just start, you know, one at a time going through those and taking those small steps because you don't have to jump from a corporate career into the void. You really can make it much more of a smooth transition because you do have the time that your company doesn't own. The company might own Mm -hmm. 40 hours a week from you. That's fine or whatever your deal is, but you still have some free time. And even if it's an hour a day or, or an hour a week, whatever it might be, There's so many different ways that you can leverage that time. Get off the Netflix, get off the social media, no more TikTok until you work on that checklist to get to your dream life. Yeah, I I totally agree. In my case, I knew I was going to go into financial services and I knew specifically what I was going to do. I needed to get licensed. I needed to get training. I needed to... There there were things that I... Steps that I completed while I still had the corporate job in in order to get there. So figure out what, what do you need to do today? What do you need to do next week? And focus on that. And then when that's done, figure out the next step. And like you said, just take one step after another until you get there. And that's so many things in life, right? Small steps add up to big accomplishments. So John, how does somebody connect with you? And there's so many different reasons they might want to connect. And a lot of these might overlap, but someone might want to reach out to you because they're looking for great, solid financial planning advice. Someone may reach out to you because they want to stay in La Paz and vacation at your vacation (laughs) rental, very possible. Or someone, you know, has always dreamed of learning to sail and wants to come down to La Paz and not only stay at your rental, but also take a sailing class or two. But how does someone connect with you and how does someone follow you if they want to learn more? So the the best way to connect with me is through my website, which is jensley.com. And uh, my email and phone information are there. But there's also a little button there that says schedule a, a short call to get acquainted. And I think that's the great first step. Just get acquainted. See if see if there's something that you want to accomplish that I can help you with. And if there's a fit, we'll know it pretty quickly. Awesome. So go to jensley.com. That's the letter J-E-N-S-L-E-Y.com to connect with John. John, it's been such a privilege and pleasure to have you take time out of your schedule to meet with us and share your inspiring and motivating stories. It's been a great conversation and I am grateful to you for that. Well, Flavia, thank you so much for having me. This is uh, solopreneurship is probably one of the most fun things I could think of to talk about. Guess what, lifestyle solopreneurs? If you don't yet have an online business earning you enough passive income to live the life of your dreams, I'd like to suggest you consider trying out Kajabi. 
Kajabi is an all-in-one solution where you can create and teach online courses, publish a paid newsletter, launch a free or paid podcast, process payments, build one-on-one coaching portals for your clients, and much, much more. I personally use Kajabi to power numerous successful and profitable online businesses. Lifestyle solopreneurs, there's a free trial of Kajabi waiting for you at this link, www.kfreetrial.com. You can try Kajabi for free, no obligation, by going to www.kfreetrial.com. Again, kfreetrial.com, and that K stands for Kajabi. Starting an online business helped me break free from that corporate grind, and I hope it does the same for you. You have nothing to lose and absolutely everything to gain. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and see you next time.